Well, welcome everybody to your weekly edition, the July 23rd, 2020 Year of Our Lord edition of Trillby the Workers Party. Today, I am uh, one third of the trio, joined by another third, the best third. Uh, Bailey. Tanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bailey Amberg. Maybe you've uh, maybe you've heard of Bailey before. Uh, but we do have um, we're uh, three for three on Metro Countyans this week. We got uh, as always uh, Miss Tanya B. Turner with us and joining us remotely from Louisville, Kentucky, by way of Whitesburg, Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> Bailey Amberkey. How you doing, Bailey? Hi, I'm doing well. Um, I'm actually in Memphis right now. I just oh. moved. Yeah, just, oh. literally just moved, like, July 3rd, so very recently. But, wow. Yeah. Just yeah. the best city in the country, no big deal. That, that, I'm just like, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I Everything, the food is like... I just, I have no complaints. I have no complaints so far. I was like, if I'm going to move anywhere, I have to go further south, so... Yeah, I know. If Pittsburgh were further south, I'd be living there. Right, but I know. It's too far north. I can't do it. I know. There's a lot of northern cities I really like, like Philly and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I could live there, though. I need to go to the south for yeah. my people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Memphis is the best place for it. I, th- I kind of think Memphis is just one of those cradle of culture places. It's like the best music, the best food, the best art. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've never been. Three, well, six miles, yeah. Okay, now I know somebody can put me up. Yeah, I have two air mattresses. Oh, damn. (laughs) You ready to host half of electric (laughs) I'm going to start running up an Airbnb out of here. You're going to have a hard time running us out. (laughs) Uh That's okay, I'll keep you. So what was it like moving in the middle of COVID? That sounds stressful. It honestly, it was weird because I had to pick out the apartment without seeing it. So oh, it yeah. was really like, uh, I hope everything works out, but everything worked out like perfectly. I really couldn't have like planned it any better. Um, my grandma being like, you know, the best person ever. And then my mom and then some of my friends, they all helped me like move in. And then my grandma mm-hmm. came back last weekend to help me put all my furniture together. So yeah. Nice. Well, judging strictly on those fixtures, I'd say you picked right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, okay. If they have a nice, I was really just looking for an apartment that had a dishwasher and a washer and dryer. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I was in Old Louisville and I had to like go take like my laundry to like the laundromat, <laughs> or I would have to go to like a different part of like my apartment's campus to like it was just a lot of work all the time, and I had no dishwasher, just hand washing everything. Oh, but my family never really used the dishwasher, but I like to use them because. Oh, I love it! Yeah, my I moved in January, and my new house has a dishwasher, and it yeah. saved my life. It saved my marriage. <laughs> I've went in reverse. I went from dishwasher to no dishwasher. And no, uh, we well, all don't want to see my sinks right now. Right. That's what I'm saying. I never do my dishes if there's no dishwasher. But if there is one, I can just put the dish in there as soon as I finish using it. And then it's like that's so handy. It's it's done. Yep. It's so handy. Now, Bailey, when I introduced you there, I just introduced you as Electricanian, but you're so much more than that. You want to tell the folks a, stuff, yeah. a little bit about yourself? <laughs> yeah, so um my name's Bailey Ambergy. I'm an organizer. I just graduated from U of L in May, so I have a degree, you know. I got a degree. Um, it's in global politics, so that's my. Oh my God! Degree. You mean I, it's in depression? It's in depression and sadness. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously though. But it's it's it, it was a it was an interesting experience, definitely. Um, especially like in my last semester, there was a class where one of my professors was like, "You know, the U.S. isn't really known as like imperialist and stuff like that." I was like, "What?" To who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the United States, famously non-imperialist country. I was like, okay, girl, <laughs> bold statement. So, yeah, there were a lot of papers I wrote where my professors were like, "This is really, you know, spicy, Bailey. What a spicy paper!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, because you made me mad. This don't make no sense." <laughs> but yeah, so I, it was an interesting experience. But that's what my degree's in, and then um, I start teaching. I actually start my training for my school. 
I already did teacher America training and then I started my training for my school on Monday. So love your heart. You're about to be teaching in the middle of COVID. Oh my God. Daily. It's gonna be a lot. I'm not hundred percent sure if we'll be like right now my school's offering the opportunity to go online or in person. Oh my God. We're gonna have to do a protection spell for you at the end of this. Please. Please. I've been doing so many lately. (laughs) I would love it. But yeah. I'm excited, well, though, because I love kids, so. Yeah. Love them to stay alive. <laughs> Not in the death cult. That's a, yeah, I've, I've been, like, reposting all these uh, posts that people have been making that are, like, protect kids, protect teachers, and, like, all the stuff. I'm like, yes, please, people, please protect kids and teachers, especially. Because, like, I don't know, I, I just all the people I've been meeting and teachers I've been meeting and how much they love their kids, I'm like, I know these teachers would risk their lives for their children, but like they shouldn't have to, you know what I'm saying? So, or their families. Let me ask you this, Bailey, as a, as a burgeoning educator, like, are we really going to go back to school in the fall? That's like, to me, that's one of those things. Like we're just like pissing in the wind, like thinking that's going to happen, but I just don't see, unless they just are just cool with feeding kids and teachers and staff to the grist mill, which history suggests they are. But, but this seems particularly callous, even by our uh, our standards as a as a deranged nation, as a notorious imperialist. Yeah, it it does definitely. I don't know. It worries me so much, especially because I don't know. Like as a kid, you know, being in elementary school, you want to interact with your friends, you want to play on the playground. It's important to like be able to see. Like it's it's one thing because we were in person, we'd have to wear masks, so they wouldn't be able to see my mouth. And I'm literally teaching these kids like phonics and stuff. So, like, that's yeah. really hard. And then, um, on the other hand, if we're online, they can't see the rest of my body. Like, they just see right here up. So, it's like, either way, I'm at a disadvantage. And I'm just worried about the quality of education that we're able to provide right now because there was no, like, training on how to do this. Like, prior to it happening, everybody just kind of figured it out as it went. So, yeah, but I feel like... um I don't know. It's been interesting to see how people have adjusted, like, and I don't know, people are just doing their best, but at the end of the day, I'm worried that our best is not going to be good enough to, like, help these kids, so. Does your school district have a teacher's union? I know you're new on the board. So, um, I'm pretty sure SCS does. My school, specifically, I'm about 90% sure has a union, but I have to talk to them about it. Black schools, so. Um, most of the teachers are black. Uh, the school leader is really awesome though. He, (laughs) we all stand him. He's, he's very like self-aware. Um, very, um, I admire your enthusiasm for a future, (laughs) Bailey. God, please give us something to hang out with. Give us some of that. God, this podcast needs that real bad. (laughs) I have is, um, optimism. (laughs) Well, good luck in that TFA thing. That's a rough way to go. I mean, we don't have to drag your new employer at this very moment. Oh, but yeah. in two years, come on, circle back to us. Tell us I'll just go ahead and tell you, I've been kicked out of more than one TFA function. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty critical going in, and I already have some notes. But, yeah. I feel- <laughs> good luck. It, I, I've dated not one, not two, but three TFA teachers. I know. Oh all my about god! That. You <laughs> have coming to Letcher County or like Harlan, and they're new, and you're like, oh hey. Oh yeah, Tom uh, loves a fresh, a fresh face that no one knows. There's not a lot of fresh faces where we're from, so I completely. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> I get it. Well, speaking of where we're from, Bailey, um, are you of the famous Ambergies? I only say that because there's so many Ambergies in Letcher County. I'm sure there's six different sets and they don't claim each other. I don't know. But uh, where, what part of the county did you grow up in? So um, I grew up, well, whenever I lived, um, whenever I first, it's funny. So I was born in Weisberg, right? And then I lived with my mom in Lexington until I was like 11. And then... Um, because of like some weird family stuff with my mom, I ended up moving with my grandma and my papa and they lived in Isom. And, um, I remember like when I first got there, it was just so like reverse culture shock. In fact. <laughs> like, just from Lexington. Yeah. yeah. Just from Lexington. I was like, Oh my goodness. But, um, 
don't know, eventually I like found my, you know, I don't know, flow there and I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I, I was from Iceland, but I think my papa, which is where I get my last name from, I'm pretty sure his family from Knott County. So Knott County Ambergies, but yeah, (laughs) he had that house in Iceland for like 20 years. His name's Carl Ambergie. I'm sure a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he passed away in 2012. So then we moved across the mountain to, um, to Collier's Creek. Where my oh. <laughs> my great grandma Ethel Francis Buchanan, who a lot of people also know. So. Oh my God, what a great name! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She Ethel was, Francis, what a powerhouse! Oh, she's a oh she was a powerhouse. Like literally, probably the spunkiest woman, <laughs> other than my grandma, my uh, mammy, her daughter that I know. They're both very <laughs> interesting people, but I I love my family so much. They're a mess, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I feel like um, people got really annoyed with me when I was in Louisville because I was like, I'm in Louisville, but let me talk about Appalachia all the time. Like <laughs> every chance I got, I was like, so I'm Appalachian. And, <laughs> and people would be like, okay, Bailey, we get it, girl. <laughs> You're from Whitesburg. Congratulations. <laughs> I know. Well, there's so many people from Whitesburg when they move, all they talk about is Whitesburg. What else is there? To, there's so many stories you can bring to the table being from Whitesburg. Even if you haven't been there like your whole, whole life, you will gain plenty of material in a short period of time to bring back with you. Well, if you're from Awesome, as you know, as the sign reads, all roads lead to Awesome. They sure do. I showed my friend like whenever I came back, because um, I came back like just like a month ago or so. Um, and I was like showing my friend Davey, who's from Western Kentucky like way way far western like past Paducah and I was like showing him like all these places and I showed him like the RC Cola sign and, like all this stuff and he was like and one grouch <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny but yeah I was like I gotta show you all the like fun you know Whitesburg stuff I need like a I know that um some of those like shops like back there like make like t-shirts with that on there I really need one. Oh yeah there's a we lot wanted of little to make like, one with the RC sign, but it was really expensive to get all those colors on there. So. Yeah, it is a lot of colors. They really went yeah. all out of time. Yeah, we edited it to say three grouches for three us three. Grouches. <laughs> well, speaking of Letcher County, before we get too far down the road, we like to do a little, we like to chime in on the local goings on. We got a particularly spicy note this Ooh, week, if I we can interject. Mind. About the county's financial picture. The, the headline reads from the Mountain Eagle this week, County's financial picture is growing bleak. <laughs> Court is told. That's basically been a headline for the last decade. I was about That's, to say, when's that not been the headline? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's the, here's the subheader. County is short on funds. Jail's meal deal is off. So, are they not feeding people in jail? What's going on? What the fuck? Does that Let's even mean? <clears throat> Letcher County Fiscal Court was warned of hard financial times to come at the July meeting. And bad news from the county jail and county fire departments didn't help brighten that picture. <laughs> I love the tone. I love the tone. This is written. <laughs> There's nothing like a good Mountain Eagle article. God bless. County Treasurer D.J. Frazier delivered the annual financial statement to the court this week, said that the county began the fiscal year with $158,876.60 less than its carryover from the last year in the road department and that it did, it did not get the expected state funding. The year-ending cash balance of $379,000 will have to account for $207,437 dollars and 85 cents in current bills so they're basically they they owe almost all of their money they got coming in in debts already that sounds like Frazier added that she has no idea when they get the county road aid funding from the state or even how much it'll be here's my question do they think that all this is totally separate from the very obvious incompetencies of terry adams the man can't string a sentence together, no. and we think he can run a fiscally responsible county government. I want him to spell fiscally. P A H. 
Oh my god. I'm sorry, also, Tom. Carry on. Also, although the Letcher County Recreation Center has reopened, which is just like what me, the they opened the rec center. I'm astounded. What? They're like, okay, we're getting ready to go under here. Fuck it. <laughs> Let's risk it for the biscuit. Let's it's let these kids line. crawl over each other. Risk it for the biscuit. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my Ter- God. Uh, even also, although the Letcher County Recreation Center has reopened, Judge Executive Terry Adams said that usage is way down. Uh, Thank Terry. Hey, hey. <laughs> Probably because of the COVID nineteen virus. Nah, hey, just probably. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. He said the facility, the facility is as sanitary as it can be made to be. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! To see what that looks like. I'm horrified by all this. Well, what's so funny is we elect these guys that like, like, have no concept of how like aerosol transmission or anything. like you shouldn't be in a building with people that could potentially spread this you know what i'm saying you could clean to the cows come home but if the shit's in the air it's in the air you really not much you can do about it yep. yep he said the facility is as sanitary as it can be made to be but other than in the early afternoon and later early uh, but other than in the early morning and later in the afternoon there aren't many customers and it doesn't make sense to run it at times when no one is present Adam said he's talking to the director, Jeremiah Johnston, and others to determine the best times to open the center and when the doors can be closed to save on utilities. <laughs> so let me just paint a picture of what we live under, children. <laughs> Our one place where we go to do the, the low-hanging fruit in terms of improving our health and like our recreation, and honestly, for the last six, seven years, however long it's been open, like socialize. We're having to triage and decide when it's like right to open and right to not, only because the county's in such bad financial shape that it's hard to keep the lights on. Yeah, they're worried about the light bill, and they they think that it's going to be a income. It's never paid for itself, has it? Uh, yeah, but I, mean, I guess there's always had us in debt. Yeah, but I guess even this was Wayne Fleming's grandstand. This is what Wayne Fleming went out of office on. I don't know if you know Wayne Fleming, Bailey, but he's a he was a Jenkins magistrate for years, and uh, he's a uh, he's a hero of the True Abilities podcast. <laughs> Man's a visionary, and honestly, honestly, say what you want about his style and his rhetorical <laughs> gifts, or whatever you want to call those. He's been proven right on a few things. Oh yeah, he said from the get go. We he said he said this rec center will bankrupt this county. We will never pay for it. It will never no pay lies. for itself. Check. Well, Check. No lies detected. <laughs> Where's the lie? Where's the lie? I, I guarantee every every Wednesday when Wayne picks up his paper, he sits back and makes a note of everything he predicted to come to fruition. <laughs> Tanya, tell me about that time. What did he say that time about, about, when, it, about him not being mentally stable? No, Woody. <laughs> no, my favorite way to flip it is when the uh, county was, again, so bankrupt that the state had threatened to take over. And they had come in for a fiscal court meeting to say, like, you know, if the county, you know, all of these people on this court have taken an oath to keep this county afloat and if it continues to be in the red in this way because we were like two million in in uh two million in the red in the in the black or something i don't know finances what's the color (laughs) anyway we were five we were two million in the hole this was five six years ago and you know there's these like these state men in suits at the courthouse during this public meeting during the regular scheduled meeting and they're trying to figure out which taxes they're going to enact and all this shit they're going to have to like pass some new taxes and it comes around to Wayne <laughs> I'm going to piss myself I swear to God. well I'll tell you right now I don't take well to threats <laughs> and I'll tell you another thing <laughs> Like the la- they will help the county do this, 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 and this. And the last line is like, they go to jail. They took an oath for this. They could be put in jail for this. 
He said, I'll tell you another thing. I'm high maintenance. You don't want to take care of me in jail. <laughs> Ask my wife. <coughs> I have never personally related to a quote <laughs> so much. <laughs> I know. Ask my wife. How hard it is to keep me alive. I'm not easily kept alive. I don't feel like, sir, can I get a sparkling water? (laughs) Manny's and Petty's every Thursday. Wayne's like a good old boy, but you can tell he's kind of a fancy lad, too. (laughs) There ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong being country and bougie at the same time. Thank you, uh, Bailey. Thank you. I take that as a personal compliment. <laughs> Tanya, you remember when he? You remember when they had that big debate over opening that senior citizen center at Beck and Bates, and Wayne brought his own lawyer to the fiscal? Hired <laughs> <laughs> his they, own lawyer. Yeah, they couldn't convince him that the the county's attorney was his attorney. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he wanted his own representation just to feel good about it. He just wanted a fair shot. Well, that's a good segue, because here we go. County attorney Jamie Hatton reminded the court that the long agreement with the Kentucky Association of Counties to fund the construction of the center contains a clause to the effect that if the court is unable to service the debt, the county will have to initiate... I'm sorry, sometimes there's like... Articles, like, you know, like, stuff misses. I have to piece it together. I feel you. To initiate a special tax to address it. The same clause is in most of the loan agreements the county has for infrastructure because infrastructure cannot be repossessed and the tax will guarantee the repayment of the loan. Sounds foolproof to me. Volunteer fire departments are also feeling a financial pinch. Bill Mead, chief of the Kings Creek Fire Department. Now, let me tell you all about Bill Mead, Kings Creek Fire Department. I have. I used to go to Kegs Creek Fire Department because they have a basketball courts in the inside the firehouse there. I can count one, maybe two times, and this is no. This is not an exaggeration either. This is like, this is not me embellishing. I can count two, maybe three times I've been there in fifteen years of playing pickup basketball there, where there wasn't some fight that broke out, and usually caused by a Brock or a Sandler. <laughs> A Brock or Sandlin. Well, I also tell you, Bill Mead's about sixty, and he has about a twenty-year-old wife. Cute. That I hate to know. I hate to see that. The background does. Yeah, he just got married recently. God help us. He also <laughs> told me that uh, needle exchanges help people get high. So. Just increase. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, I forgot he is one of those guys. We Notoriously. Love I love uh, Tony Fugit, chief of the Making Volunteer Fire Department, told the court that the COVID-19 shutdowns have prevented fire departments from conducting their regular fundraising activities. Bingo. Like bingo oh. and <laughs> other group activities. Just bingo, yes. Well, my local fire department does a haunted house, too. They uh, turned the fire department into a nasty haunted house. Okay. <laughs> That is one thing I'm going to miss this year is Halloween. Oh, please don't remind me. Halloween's like my favorite. We all just have to decorate our own houses. Buck up. Yeah, yeah I'll be dressed up anyway. Like, yeah, I'm dressing up. In my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm so fucking bummed about it. <clears throat> the regular fundraising activities like bingo and other group activities, but added that these fundraising methods are, quote, uncertain at best. <laughs> right. Meade told the court that a regular source of revenue would probably be the only way to ensure enough funding for the county's volunteer fire departments to stay open. He said the $6,000 payment that will be made to all the county departments this week will barely pay insurance costs, and for some of it, will not be sufficient for even that. Another scheduled payment of 5000 is dependent on mineral tax receipts. Here we go. <laughs> and although Fraser said that the money will probably be there... <laughs> beat for a decade oh we'll probably get it you know the coal companies are good for it how many times you got to be fucked over by I'll the just... same companies that don't that aren't here and... no they're gone they're it's probably going to be there what coal companies <laughs> yeah truly where from where what i love is their budget and this is like 
this is what happens like when you don't actually have real budgets. Like when I was on the city council in Whitesburg, you didn't really have a real budget. You just had like an arbitrary budget. And you knew if you had a shortfall, you could just go run to the state and get some like infrastructure money. Like our, like what do you call it? Uh, Kentucky Infrastructure Associate, KIA money or whatever pot and just funnel it to whatever you wanted to do with it. Yeah. It's but one like, of those budgets where there's no actual line. You don't, you don't see what the actual spending was. No, 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 no. It's like we've had a $2 million budget since 1992. Like, <laughs> shit has went up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if you paid attention. Happened. Are we still paying people what we paid in 1992? I don't doubt it. Uh, sure. Yeah, probably some people. I'm not in like Louisville with like a budget that has no lines. And then the city council <laughs> just saying, yeah, we'll probably find it somewhere. The money. <laughs> One of the one of the darkest things I'd ever seen is this guy, and he was you know he was struggling with addiction and everything. He came into the mayor's office and was trying to get a job like cutting grass for the summer because they bring on like all these season, seasonal people. Mm-hmm. And the mayor was told him like he's like I like I we can't hire anybody right now. We don't really have the money. And the guy was bargaining with him, saying he would work for like four dollars an hour. Oh no. Like, shit like that. And the mayor's like, no, I mean, I can't legally pay you that. You know what I mean? Like, he was telling me that. But, like, it was so sad that, like, he was willing to do all this shit for basically 1982 wages. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is sad. That's still today. So, anyway. Probably. (laughs) It'll probably be there. Probably be there. Meade suggested two other possible sources of revenue for the fire departments to the court. One would be an add-on to monthly electric bills that would be earmarked for fire departments, and another would be a direct tax. Now, I just want to point out something, Tanya. They ran me out of office for suggesting such a thing once upon a time, and now when the shit hits the fan, look what they're doing. Well, Tom, <clears throat> Tom's mistake was when you get a direct tax, you got to just fly under the radar. Tom was real uh, fucking proud of it, and he wrote a whole article in the newspaper about it. That's what fucked him over. I was trying to explain to people what it could go to. He it, thought, it yeah, on deaf ears. He, he thought if he just knowing nothing. Yeah, he thought if he just explained it, everybody'd be cool with it. Trust me, you can't explain anything. To Especially taxes, you cannot explain taxes to people. It doesn't matter if it's going towards saving their very own grandmother. They're going to be like, well, are you sure you need to take that much out of my taxes? Like, I'm not really... Well, you can't blame people. The government ain't, like, who who among us has any reason to believe the government? Yeah, there's no reason to trust them, but yeah. No. You, no matter what and, they're going towards, they're like, don't raise my taxes. Yeah. You gotta call it something else. You can't call it taxes. You gotta fluff it up. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Income from yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would say it. <laughs> I'll never forget I, when that tax thing was going on, and I basically wasn't welcoming Dairy Queen for a few weeks. <laughs> Dairy Queen. When, when I finally when I finally went in there, I'll never forget R.C. Day. God rest his soul. He slammed his fist on that table and he said, "I will not be assessed." <laughs> Dairy Queen. I don't know what you say to a man that just slams the, his fist on the table to you and says he will not be assessed. Of a dairy queen. <laughs> Hatton, said, <laughs> Hatton said he has experienced enough of the anguished people on fixed incomes who, who have... What the fuck, man? Get it. Anguished. Okay. Hatton said he has experienced enough of the anguish people on fixed incomes have from high utility bills... And he would favor a slight addition to property taxes. He said that while that may be unpopular, yeah, let me tell you, pal, (laughs) it'd be a small amount and much less painful than higher utility bills for senior citizens. He said fire departments have been chronically underfunded, but (laughs) chronically underfunded. Fire departments. Chronically. Yeah, I mean, in comparison to, yeah, maybe like police, but like on balance. Uh, he said, fire departments have been chronically underfunded, but no court in recent memory has been willing to adopt a fire tax or raise taxes to fund the departments. Meade said that whatever the remedy, unless the fire departments have a source of revenue, several are on the verge of closing. Okay, so this is what I wanted to just say this here. So all this malfeasance that <laughs> the federal government has like said is a full-time job for them. Like I think the FBI has their own task force devoted to 
uh, fighting corruption in Eastern Kentucky. Not that you know, not that I'm not that I'm caping for the F, the Federal Bureau of Investigation here. Okay, but Tom. they do just to, just to illustrate the point of the level of corruption here. Right. <clears throat> but like we've had all this, right? so we've had like all of our public services like gutted and funneled into fucking police, and not only at in places like Minneapolis and Louisville where you're just at, Bailey, all these places where you're seeing uprisings and protests and everything, but also in places like Whitesburg, Kentucky. And, like, it's really grim and really bleak to think that, like, the sum total of fucking having a boat that's called the, you know, SS fucking Promosomes or whatever <laughs> is now we're going to have a lot of people out in the highways and byways in eastern Kentucky, extremely rural places that won't even have access to fire. So, like, you're, you're just <clears throat> fucked if your house catches on fire. Yep. Yep. Shakes like, out. Pretty much like if you need an ambulance or the internet or um, most things. <laughs> right. At service. Right. At service. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Mead said that whatever... Okay, hold on a second. <clears throat> Mead said that whatever the remedy, again, unless the fire departments have a source of revenue, several on the verge of closing. He emphasized that the volunteer nature of the departments will not change and that the money will not go to individual members but to pay for insurance, utilities, maintenance, and equipment. Have y'all ever been to a fiscal court meeting where uh, fire departments are feuding over territory? It's amazing. I I have because do you remember like when there was a big, like if you live in Solomon, which is a stone's throw from the Whitesburg Fire Department, Whitesburg Fire Department cannot go into Solomon and and attend to your fire. They have to come all the way from like, I think, Ermine or Maycane. Probably making, yeah. And Neon, because Neon has been, you know, smuggling money for decades. They have a huge fire department. It's like the biggest one in the county. And Neon Fire Department answers calls all over the county just because people just call them. Yeah, you'll see them down at Wattsburg. And they fight. They fight. <laughs> one of the, in one of the meetings, the Neon Fire Department, this was the, what what they had leveled against the Sand Lake Fire Department. They said, <clears throat> there's an elderly woman lives right next door to the Sand Lake Fire Department. She needs help on a regular basis. And she calls them and they won't answer her phone call. So they call us and we have to drive all the way to the Sand Lake Fire Department from Neon to help this elderly woman. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. how It's, it's so weird. There's and Then like... There's been pushes to like annex like Whitco and like, you know, that little stretch that's like goes like toward Dry Fork and Isom into Whitesburg. And then like people don't want to do it because they don't want to pay city tax. But like they also, it's, I mean, it's a complicated question. I get that. Like it's like, no. it's like sewer expansion at Millstone or something. <clears throat> like we have this community for listeners that might not, you know, that this might be Greek to, but we have this community that is routinely. Just by the legacy of like coal mining and also like straight piping, it like frequently has the highest levels of fecal coliform in the county, like in the streams and stuff, which is a problem, right? Like especially for kids that are going to be going and playing and that shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they built this cluster system, right? And then what they don't account for is like they have this like brand new septic system ready to go, ready to hook into. But like a lot of people in that community are living in abject poverty and literally can't afford the utility. Yeah. And they don't have plans to, like, you know, like, remedy any of that. So it's yeah. like a lot of these things you could do. You could build all these new shiny accoutrements and infrastructure and whatever. But you got to address the root cause of poverty first. And nobody wants to tackle coal mining or, you know, just, like, corruption with powerful people and, you know, every other social ill we have yeah. in Kentucky, of which there are a many. Are. Yeah. Yeah, Wattsburg was happy to annex Ermine to give Wattsburg to give Walmart property and tax free reign. Yeah. That's why Ermine is annexed by Wattsburg so that they could give what Walmart whatever they wanted to come here. And they changed the damn name to Walton, don't they? <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Walburg. 
If you get used turnout gear as an example, turnout gear is the protective clothing firefighters use to protect them from fires and toxic elements in fires. This includes breathing apparatus. He said, no, <laughs> this includes breathing apparatus. That's a weird sentence. He said, a new set costs about 3000 the gear will last with good treatment, but putting out fires and cleaning up toxic spills in methamphetamine labs are hardly ideal conditions <laughs> and exposure to chemicals. I love how they slide in like that demonization of like drug use. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. we're out here like doing these meth labs and all this stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about meth labs. Yeah. And exposure to chemicals used in meth methamphetamine production will damage it beyond repair. He said it's not right to ask firefighters to do dangerous work with substandard or worn-out equipment. Judge Adams told the men that he will discuss possibilities with Hatton and Frazier, and the court will try to come up with a way to fund the departments to keep them open. In other business, Letcher County Jailer, here we go. Letcher County Jailer Bert Sloan told the court that Kane Kitchen of Whitesburg will not be able to fulfill its obligation because of scarcity of local, locally produced foodstuffs. Foodstuffs? Tanya, go in. <laughs> um, I, I I hate this because I don't want to be like a, I don't want to like be condescending or like mock, like this stuff, right? Because like I think yeah, like the local foods thing is like whatever. But like the thing that, and I'm not trying to be an I told you so type of guy with this, but like. Who'd have thought that maybe you can't produce enough local food to even feed people locked up in your county jail, and yet this was sold to us as sort of the antidote to all of our, like, economic problems, right? Millions of dollars funneled into agriculture in places where most of the flat land is a flood zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what's what's the outfit we bag on all the time? Appalachia... That web dude. Harvest. Appalachian Harvest, yeah. It's like this guy has somehow convinced like angel investors from all over the place. He's raised almost a billion fucking dollars for this. To the growing of shitty hydroponic fucking tomatoes that he thinks somehow is going to get a return on investment. You couldn't, you couldn't fucking, you, it's so transparently a grift to me. That it's so amazing to me that nobody else can see that. Yeah. And that we continue to go out here and we don't address root causes of poverty. We don't address root causes of, of like, like environmental uh, degradation, environmental racism, all these different things that we deal with, and not only here but other places. And instead, like, we're always looking for that one pie-in-the-sky thing that's going to, like, just remedy all of our problems. Right. Lord Jesus. I cannot believe they were expecting Letcher Countyans to grow enough food to supply the Letcher County Jail. Mind you, I'm sure this isn't in the article, is a 50-bed facility with over 90 people in it right now. During COVID, our numbers are skyrocketing in Kentucky. They have shut down the drive-thru. Like, they won't test you in the drive-thru anymore if you're asymptomatic. So it's getting harder to even get tested. And... Our jail has had a confirmed COVID case and a staff person. Oh, great. Yeah. Like, it is a ticking fucking time bomb. And now they have totally botched and fucked meal plans. So they literally are probably serving people bologna three times a day right now. Well, back, I guess this guy, this probably been a couple of years ago. Whoever was running for jailer, I don't think he won, was had a booth at the Mountain Heritage Festival. And was handing out like it was like they're handing out like little keychains or cat whatever they were handing out. And he he would say uh, he'd take you aside. He'd say, "But you wouldn't believe what goes on in there." <laughs> so he, he said, "But they let them shit in the floor." He's not wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> but you're talking about people sleeping in the floor and like not enough toilets, not enough basic necessities. Like it yeah. is. People are living in concrete squalor in there, shitting where they sleep, and they just hose them off every day. Like, I can't yeah. even get into it. It's too it's too bleak. In other... Okay, hold on a sec. Okay. <clears throat> Kane was awarded the bid to feed inmates at the jail in last month's meeting after a long bidding process. 
So a month? Last month, <laughs> they made a bid to feed the prisoners and couldn't even go in and meet the demand right off the top. What changed in 30 fucking days? I really don't understand yeah. this at all. What the fuck? Yeah. We ain't even exploring the ethic, ethical dimensions of, like, is it even okay to feed people grown in shit grown in the ground here? Like, if we're going to start our garden, like, we know, like, essentially, okay, this was, like, close to a mining site. We know those risks involved. But, like, if you're in jail, you don't have any, like, choice in that matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, we're going to sell them, or not even sell them, we're going to give them, like, fruits and vegetables that we grew in dirt that is just like dirtied with like coal residue or, or like rivers that are filled with like residue. Like I have friends here or like I have friends in Louisville that did like their, um, it was a, someone in psychology who did her thesis on like children's behavior in areas like Ledger County where there's like so much like coal runoff like everywhere because apparently it affects like all types of shit in your brain and like behaviorally um it makes kids like struggle to learn and god knows our education system out there is already a hot mess so it's like i don't know that's that's worrisome yeah god uh, i yeah. mean they're already drinking Wattsburg city water which yeah. no one drinks yeah by <laughs> choice no lord i'm mercy. just i'm just I- this is I didn't know this. this. I haven't seen the paper. I cannot believe Kane flipped on the jail. I bet, I I just about bet that Kane thought that if they were providing fresh grown locally food to the jail, that they could spin that into a blue fucking million grants. Exactly you know? that. A blue fucking million. Oh, look what this little humble outfit in Eastern Kentucky's doing. Not yeah. knowing that that whole outfit is ran by the same people that have been making decisions for us for decades and decades and decades. You know. Yep. And and then when it and it didn't even fucking consider that they're actually going to have to feed people and it didn't even take a month for them to realize, oh yeah, we we can't do that. We're not doing that. A month. And so it's like, 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 okay, like if, if you go in, you're placing the bid to feed human beings. This ain't to produce fucking feed for a goddamn chicken lot. You know what I mean? That's what they're acting like though. That's what I mean. That's how we dehumanize people in jail. But yeah. like, it's, it, it, it's, it's astonishing to me that like they took this bid. They had to know somehow intuitively that they couldn't meet that. I don't. I like. I wonder what the calculus was in this. And it's just like a symptom of like the NGO world jumping headlong into shit that's abstract and they have no concept of what it is. But then when it becomes like real consequences for human beings, uh, the, the uh, 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 yeah, you know, what I mean? it's like easy to hide behind those abstractions, you know, yeah. for a, a long time. But it just makes me fucking sick. This is yeah. so wild. And now, like, they had a heated bidding process. Is that what it said? Like, they had a a heated bidding process. And now they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. God, (laughs) who are currently sitting there. Well, I mean, it's also possible they were fed that it was a 50 bed facility, and now they know that they actually have double the heads. I wonder if that could be a part of it. I wonder if they were told in the bidding process it's a 50 bed facility because that's all they have to say. Yeah, but it's got almost double that, almost double the people. We're getting, we're going to get into some of this. Nope. <clears throat> After hearing that, the court voted unanimously to offer the contract to Kelwell, a Beattyville-based group that specializes in institutional feeding. Sloan said the jail has enough food on hand to provide meals to inmates for a week or so, and Judge Adams said the county has a stove from one of the senior senior citizen centers that may be usable to prepare meals at the jail. The court also voted unanimously to accept the jail policy and procedures for the year. Sloan said the policy and procedures are unchanged from 2019. County Attorney Hatton told the court that during negotiations with Kane Kitchen, it became apparent that the amount of locally produced food was not going to be sufficient to provide the jail with the amount of food it needs. There were also problems with staffing and a contract had not been signed with Kane. It's almost like they just went in there with this bid, winged it, and then realized after they had made all this fuss and wasted everybody's time that, oh, we can't do this. Yep. That's what they do a lot, though. 
<laughs> One of the more attractive features of the Kane bid had been that Kane would cook the meals at its site in Whitesburg and deliver them to the jail. This would keep the county from having to replace or repair several pieces of equipment in the jail kitchen. Oh, thank God they don't have to fix anything now. <laughs> My God, dude, this is so dark. This they is can't so fix dark. The goddamn stove. Can't fix the goddamn refrigerator. Yeah, they, they're trying to get out of running, having a functioning fucking refrigerator yeah. in a place where they have shoved humans. Also, I mean, this should. Anyone who's ever talking about a jail should it should just be common knowledge that most of the people in county jails, in jails, not prisons, are there because they are poor. They can't post bail. Almost yeah. everyone, over ninety percent of people in jails are there pre-trial. They've not been they they've been uh, booked. They've not been convicted of shit. Because you can't stay, you're not supposed to be staying in a county jail longer than a year. If you've been convicted of, any, of anything, you have to be sent to a prison. Yeah, so I know they, people been in there for a long damn time. <laughs> it's, I know, I know. That fucking, we have a like teacher fucking pedophile who was like, you know, fucking dating, you know, it, who was abusing his students. Yeah. He's been in there for years now. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But most people are there pre-trial, and now, now they're they're sent they're people who thought they were going to get a speedy trial this past five months. No, nothing's been happening. They haven't been having court until very yeah. recently. So now that's a that's another reason it has went in the past four months. It's went from like seventy people in the fifty uh in the fifty bed jail to over ninety. Yeah. Because they're not moving people out. And so now it is, a, I mean, it's like a fucking human rights uh, fucking catastrophe in there right now. Yeah. yeah. No, it really is. There's not even that many people there. And with the amount of money that they got from like <clears throat> angel donors or whatever to uh, try to feed these folks, they could have used as like a plan to like, I don't know send them home during a pandemic like that was yeah. not that ever crossed their mind though they weren't like oh maybe we could just send them home and maybe they could just be like we could like pay some like people to go like i don't know monitor them every once in a while or something like that they could be with their families we'll just give them an ankle bracelet you know because we're in a pandemic but you know they were too worried about how can we get them um the best gmi vegetables that we can vegetables. The thing, yeah the thing is they don't even need an ankle bracelet these are people who if they had a credit card they could just swap it and go home right yeah yeah, totally. yeah. If, they, crimes if, they, if they could post bail they would be home with yeah. their families so no big deal yeah, they yeah. be more worried about getting them home than feeding them but no they're like let's spend almost a billion dollars on figuring out how to grow them a cucumber and then let them sit there and catch <laughs> the coronavirus and die yeah. yeah, next Something thing you know, they're going to have them on the roof because, you know, they our jail is under the courthouse and they have this like little enclosure on the roof so they can get a little sunlight once a week or some bullshit. They're going to have them growing potatoes and tires up there before it's, it's over. God damn. You're right. <laughs> Although feeding inmates is costly, it is not the only source of financial problems. Send them home, you sons of bitches! Send them the fuck up! There are two judges in Letcher County who make these decisions, and all they have to do is say, all pre-trial inmates can just be released. That's all release all pre-trials. That's it. That's all they have to do. They don't have to do it on an individual basis. Just send the pre-trials home for fuck's sake. So simple. Such a simple solution. And free. Oh, my God. Essentially free. This is unfucking believable We should have... This was... This meeting happened on Monday, and I had planned on going and didn't. Oh, my God. Another thing we, we don't talk about, and, and I would really be interested to hear what you have to say, Bailey, just organizing in Louisville, especially through all this, you know, with the protests and everything. But I think it's interesting that, like, like did nobody stop to think if we didn't give police, like, AR-15s and, like, uh, all these military-grade shit and new cruisers every year and... Blah, da, 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 whatever they have. They have their F-150 and lights and mm-hmm. harass people in unmarked cars and buy them the unmarked car that they can harass people in. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing if you extrapolate it out to the military. It's like, yep. you know, we could fund all these social services. We cut just a small amount of that budget. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
But it's but it's not because that gives the game up. But I'd be interested, Bailey, to 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 hear your take on that at least at the city level, since you kind of on both ends of this. Oh yeah, I mean Louisville. After all this has happened, is still trying to raise the police budget. So it's like it just goes to show that at the end of the day, it's not us that matters or like who has ever mattered to them. Like they are just at the end of the day concerned with lining the pockets of the people who line theirs back. And then, you know, supporting any sort of system that helps them to keep, you know, the scoundrels out of their hair. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, in in my criminal justice classes, we always talk about the fact that, like, jails and prisons, the fact that the criminal justice system is so large and so many people are locked up right now, it's just like an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. People are like, oh, well, if they're not, if poor people are not here, we don't have to deal with them because they're locked up. And then it's like, now they're sitting here <clears throat> bickering and trying to make themselves look good because it's like, you know, from the average eye, they're going to see this newspaper article and be like, wow, that's so great. That they're trying to work so hard to get fresh fruits and vegetables. <laughs> because at the end of the day, they're like, wow, we are so great. And then meanwhile, people like us are clearly looking at this critically and being like, but why are they there in the first place? Like a lot of people don't have that level to go to that next step and be like, oh, wait, maybe they just shouldn't even. Yeah, and then in, uh, I mean, the Louisville Correctional Facility, like you were saying about it being, like, overcrowded, like, it's <laughs> same thing, almost at double capacity at all times. They're still, like, booking, like, hundreds of people at once, like, after protests and stuff um, into, like, the jails. And so it's, like, continuing to overflow. It's always been overcrowded. And it's always been extremely, like, racially targeted. Like, almost all the people in jail in Louisville are black majority of the time. And it's like, Louisville's not even a majority black city, not even close to it. So it's very, very frustrating. And, like, watching people on, uh, like, Metro Council and stuff be like, oh, we're here for you. We passed Brianna's Law. No more, no knock warrants in Louisville only. (laughs) So it's like, okay, yeah, we did We got Common showing up on the courthouse steps, and that's what we got done. And Greg Fisher signs his name on one signature dotted line, and he's like, I'm so proud of the hard work that I did to get Brianna's Law passed. (laughs) I I love how they're bird-dogging this motherfucker, though. Every time he goes somewhere, he gives a talk. (laughs) They they are going to ride him out on a rail. That motherfucker, if any of these fucks should be scared, it is Greg fucking Fisher. I mean, the mayor, like, your job's not secure like that like we can run you the hell out anytime anytime bitch like yeah he's um he's a joke and it's funny because speaking of bird dogging one time at uofl i bird dogged mitch mcconnell and then got in like (laughs) trouble with my school and it reminded me of who were you talking about earlier which official that brought his own lawyer (laughs) okay well i relate to him so deeply because I literally got called to the dean's office and brought a lawyer from the National Lawyers Guild to the dean's office. <laughs> so yeah, That's I've, so good. I've gotten in a lot of trouble for yelling at Greg Fisher in public, yelling at Mitch McConnell in public, yelling at any person I can get the chance to. And yeah, there's been several times because I like worked on the um, service board for like SGA, where like Greg Fisher would come to our events and. Everybody would be like, go shake hands with the mayor. And I'm like, no. Mm-mm. I'm not the, I don't. I'm good. I don't, I don't <laughs> care about him. I have like this really great graphic posted on my Instagram that says Greg Fisher's a, a bootlicker. It's from my yeah. Instagram. It's so good. I, yeah, I hate him. <laughs> I cannot We'll <laughs> be sure to make sure people know how to find you, Bailey. You're a great, great one to follow in these dark times. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my, um. My Instagram's uh, two underscores and then Bayonce, B A Y O N C E. And then my Twitter's just Bailey Ambergy. And they can add me on Facebook if they want. I don't really post on there because, like, I love Letcher County, don't get me wrong, but almost all my Facebook friends are just Letcher Countyans. And every time I post something, they're like, Why are you talking about defund the police? What are we going to do without the cops? And I'm like, Listen, I'm not, I, didn't, I don't come on social media to argue. So. I'll be posting, and it'll be like comments underneath my pay, my post of people just angry, and I'm like, well, they can yeah. stay away. Oh yeah, speak your piece. It's been pretty lit about the defund the cops the last month. They're like, 
I've heard a lot of crazy shit in my day, but I never heard of defunding, getting rid of the cops. Are you people crazy? Well, it's so funny because people think all this shit is immutable, right? They think that like, they think that, they think that like God just strolled down from, you know, on top of Mount Zion one day and just handed (laughs) these laws out that like make you immiserate poor people. But no, these are like calculated political decisions. All laws in this country are, and they're tilted in favor of the elites and they always have been it's kind of like playing against the house in vegas you know you know it's it's rigged slightly against you but you know you hang on anyway yeah exactly i mean mean, this is a moot point but we've been defunding education health care you know transportation housing we've been defunding every vital service for humanity for decades the fire department can't even keep the lights on or the rent. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to say. Millionaires to, with their fourteen cars. <laughs> to, to put to put a bow on this like budget piece from the Mountain Eagle, I was looking at like the money they have in all these funds, and the forest fire fund has two hundred twenty nine dollars in it. <laughs> two hundred dollars. That's going to put out that forest fire. God. Oh my God! I don't think two hundred dollars would even pay the wage of one firefighter to show up to try to put out. <laughs> I don't know what do you do with that. You just go buy a bunch of bottles of water and get out there and start throwing it. I'm sure you call the governor. You you declare a state of emergency, and the governor sends in the national guard. They don't plan on fighting no forest fires. Are you high? <laughs> they might as well move all two hundred dollars out of there. Uh, they're gonna use two hundred dollars to go to uh, Pine Mountain Grill later. That's right. That's right. They have, yeah, they 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 cover the cost of a planning luncheon. Exactly. Yeah. With their yeah. uh, salad bar. Oh my god. Well, Bailey, what are some um highlights from being in Louisville? Some some what are some good things that have happened in Louisville the past few months? It's been a yeah. The world is watching us. Well, I mean, it definitely, like y'all have said, the bird dogging of Greg Fisher has been beautiful, beautiful to see for me. I love bird dogging. Like, that's my favorite part of organizing, just making people uncomfortable, like, in public. I love it because, like, people are just, like, especially at the at the first event they went to, it was, like, an event for, like, uh, some kind of building they're opening up, like some kind of facility that was like going to gentrify it. And they just show up with this huge sign that says fire, fire, gentrify. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So it was incredible. Cool. They just, they just so chill, just creep up behind his ass. Like not today. Yeah. And especially like, I mean, they had that, just that, that literal ribbon cutting for a new gentrification project days after the news dropped that Brianna's death was most likely di- directly connected to gentrification trying efforts to clear of the out city. The neighborhood and yeah. All that yeah. Like yeah. all these, like these, like police teams that were like, what were they called? Place based. Oh, we freaked the fuck out over this shit a few oh, episodes right. ago. I mean, it's just, Oh yeah. It's unfucking believable. Task force or whatever the hell. It's yeah. yeah. Oh my God. How fucking tone deaf can you be? Oh, they, the thing is like, what gets me is, you know, people will see stuff like, you know, Trump having a rally in Tulsa on, like, the anniversary of Pulse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. these people, like, bigotry is not ignorance. Like, bigotry is well-informed hatred. So they are like, Greg Fisher knows. And you can't tell me that he does not know exactly what the fuck that looked like when he did that. He was, He knew. He knew. The thing is, he does not care. And he wants to make it very, you know, white men especially, they love to like be like, this is my power and this is how I'm going to exert my power over you and show you that I can do the most fucked up shit probably ever and people are still going to support me and I'm going to get away with it. Like, they love doing that shit. So it was very like one of those, like, I'm just going to smack you guys in the face because I can and I'm mad at you all. Like, there's video footage of like, whenever all this first started, like, a couple months ago, um, this, like, black woman on, like, the corner of the street in Louisville yelling directly at Greg Fisher. And he just, like, looks at her. He gets really frustrated. He's, like, rolling his eyes. He's, like, walking away. And I'm, like, this black woman is literally screaming, like, help us. Somebody is, I mean, to, to, 
don't know. I mean, if you think about it, if you sit here and think about it, it's Greg, Greg Fisher's, he's got literal nothing but blood on his hands. I mean, Brianna Taylor yeah. died under his watch. Then Andy Bashir and him both are responsible for David McGassie dying. Yeah. So, and then uh, I'm pretty sure another protester got either really injured or killed even after that. So it's well, like, yeah, there was a shooting at the square. Yes, yes, at that shooting. So it's like if, if these people are continuously dying and it's because you're putting cops in front of them, how are you not directly responsible for that death? You should be, I mean, I don't believe in, in jails and prisons necessarily, but if anyone should be locked up in this country, it should be people like Greg Fisher. <laughs> so it's like. No, it is a lot to hold as abolitionists. Like, yeah, we, we're demanding justice that cannot be served. Like there's, yeah. there's no, there's no justice under this system. There's no mechanism that, in place. Cool. No. Justice for Bree, justice for Ahmad, justice for, George, there's no justice. It's, our body is like they're dead. Like they're. It's dead. not possible. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's. This is a very difficult time to like level what we know has to happen and how difficult that feels, especially when there's so many people in the streets of Louisville and they are d- literally just the most simple, clear demand: defund these police, and they are increasing their budget. Yep, and yep, literally, they're doing the opposite, and it's because they know exactly what we're asking for. Greg Fisher put out a survey, like a police survey. He's like, because, you know, obviously the chief got fired three days ago. Yeah, retired. Uh, Yeah. Greg Fisher, that was another thing he patted himself on the back for. He was like, I fired Chief Conrad. First of all, Chief Conrad has killed so many people, has been in the hands of so many people's deaths, and he's just now just now being held accountable, even though he literally was going to be done with the job in like three. But yeah. So yeah, there's just been so many instances like time after time of like black folks dying at the hands of police in Louisville and all these people on Metro Council, Greg Fisher, Comrade, all of them were consistently getting away with it until Breonna Taylor happened. And I don't know if it was because Breonna's a femme or like because of the specific situation where she was like asleep in her house or what, but people in Louisville were finally like, oh shit. Cause I mean, uh, Duantas Mitchell, there's been like multiple, multiple, multiple people who have been killed by police in Louisville. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, why just now are people caring and why just now yeah. are people protesting? Because like BLM and Louisville have been trying to do stuff for forever. Not that I'm necessarily co-signing them because we've all seen my Instagram, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just like, they've been doing the work for so long and around so many people. It, I don't know. It's almost frustrating, but also inspiring to see at the same time. It's just weird when you've been organizing for years and begging people to come out to stuff and they wouldn't. And now they're like, we're going to rally in the streets. I'm like, okay, at least something changed. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it is, I, I do think Brianna being killed in her sleep was a big motivator. And then, you yeah. know, some critical, um, the, the 911 tape from from the night Brianna was killed dropped the day, like two days after George Floyd died, yeah. was, was murdered. And so I think that kind of created like a perfect storm. And, and that's with some of the things. But I also think it's like, as soon as shit like this happens, it's like a, there's just like, it's almost like things stand still until, and they're deciding how they're going to portray a dead person in the news. Like, are we going to use their graduation photo of them in a suit? Or are we going to use this like picture off their Instagram of them chugging a 40, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And I feel like they've like, you know, validated Brianna's life as an EMT. She was a lifesaver, all this shit, but it's like, it doesn't matter it what matters. the fuck what the fuck she did yeah. to make a living. It doesn't matter that she was an essential worker. No one deserves to be killed in their sleep. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? That, like, and that is have the right to make that decision. Like, I don't care if she murdered someone. I don't care if she blew somebody's fucking head off. Like, yeah. the state doesn't get to make executions. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it's so weird because it's like it's it was the same thing with like Philando Castile yeah. the thing like. Like a lot of liberals wanted to seize on the well, he he did it the right way and all this kind of stuff. Or Brianna was right a pillar way. of her community and all this stuff. I don't give a fuck if if what they were doing or or not doing. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't care if they were pillars of the community or like uh, considered the worst of the worst. Uh, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, guilty people. People apparently are when it's perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, we're at, uh, we're at the hour here, but this was fun, y'all. This was fun. Yeah, Thank baby. you, Bailey. Wanna, we, we, we jumped the gun a little bit ago. You want to tell folks once again where they can find you at on the social media? Oh, yes, yes. So um, 
my Instagram is two underscores and then Beyonce. And then my Twitter is Bailey Ambergy. And then they can find me on Facebook too. I don't have a page, but you can add me as a friend. I'll probably take a while to respond to the friend request though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you. if you like what you hear from us, you can uh, get another extra episode a week by logging on to patreon.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. And for $5 a month, you get to hear Tanya sing uh, Conway Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever and, you want to hear from her. And many more classics. And many more classics. More classics. Yeah. So Thank you. Bailey. So much, so Bailey. Much. I know it's a lot of emotional labor to keep talking, keep beating the same drum we've been beating for years over and over. You um, know, I, I was excited to do it. I was like, I will, I will be happy to. I love, I love having conversations. Like, I feel like it's emotionally taxing to like have to teach people, but just having conversations with people who get it is fun. Yeah. I do like, yeah, it, it's, this is a good field to get in if you love to talk. My mom used to give me a dollar to shut the fuck up. Now people are paying me to talk. Hey. Hey, I need to get five to sing Conway Twitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, make sure you let us know when you're in Letcher County again. I will. And y'all are welcome to come to Memphis whenever, like I said. Oh, yeah. I would, yeah, uh, for sure. We need to figure out how to safely travel in this uh, new bleak world we're in. But I would love to yeah. see Memphis one day. Yeah, they. I mean, it's crazy because people still, they, people have been out and about. Like, Honey, <laughs> my mom and sister live and work in Tennessee. It's a goddamn shit show. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Tennessee's a rough road to hoe. I wish sure it was. Yeah, I, I definitely just went from one, one rough situation to another. But <laughs> it's always interesting. Absolutely. Well, Bailey, thank you so much again for stopping by, and uh, we'll catch y'all out there next week or yeah. Sunday. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.